Hi, and welcome. So I, I'm Kunal Singh, enrolled in a PhD program at MIT, and I'm here today with Jeff Smith, who is a fellow with the Heritage Foundation. We will discuss today the ongoing India-China border crisis and the evolution of the Quad group of countries in its light. The Quad group of countries obviously consists of Australia, India, Japan, and the US. So Jeff, you have already written a detailed essay on the revival of the Quad and, uh, and how, it, how the Chinese behavior is shaping the revival and its evolution. So why don't you start with like a couple of main takeaways from your essay, which was published recently on War on the Rocks, and then we can proceed from there. Sure. Well, it's good to be here with you today, Kunal, and to talk about uh, two important subjects. Uh, this piece I wrote for War on the Rocks essentially made the case that the return of the Quad, the Quad 2.0, uh, is, is, is likely to be stronger and more durable than its predecessor, than the first iteration of the Quad. Um, in the 10 years since the Quad collapsed, uh, in 2008 and was revived in 2017, I think all four countries grew more comfortable working and operating with each other. And all four countries grew more alarmed by Chinese behavior in that period for, for quite obvious reasons. And I think both of those trends were particularly pronounced with what was once believed to be the weakest link in the quad, which is India. It made very significant strides improving its relationships with Australia and the United States in particular, but, but also Japan. And it also saw a substantial escalation of, of the rivalry with China. You know, this border dispute that we once thought was maybe inching towards settlement became highly active again. China doubled down on its partnership with Pakistan, substantially expanded its influence in the Indian Ocean and South Asia. And, and it launched this Belt and Road Initiative, which India was really the first to oppose. And I think each of these pushed uh, India and China further down the path of rivalry. And in 2017, you know, one month after the unprecedented crisis on the Doklam Plateau was resolved, and three months after India helped convince the U.S. to take a stand against the Belt and Road Initiative, and after China opened its first military base in the Indian Ocean, the Quad was reborn. And since upgraded to the ministerial level, since expanded to counterterrorism exercises and possibly soon even um, Quad naval exercises. So that was the gist of the piece. Yeah, so great. So uh, just a brief follow-up. So how do you think the Quad can actually deter Chinese aggressive uh, actions? in the maritime space, and particularly on the India's land border, which is like a big concern for Indians? It is, yeah, and it's a good question, and I'm not sure that the Quad is at this stage going to be very effective in, in deterring China at the LAC. Um, I think right. that's okay. I, I, I think that that's not necessarily what the Quad was meant to do at this stage. It's just a consultation mechanism for now. You know, the Quad also can't solve Australia's problems with Chinese interference in its domestic affairs. It can't solve Japan's problem of Chinese intrusions around the Senkakus. And it can't solve America's problems with Chinese IP theft or freedom of navigation in the South China Sea. Quad isn't a panacea, but I believe and the more it speaks with one voice on these issues, the costlier it becomes for, for China to cross the red lines. 
the more we work together, train together, plan together, I think the stronger position we're in collectively. But I know that you've also been following the, the, the border crisis. And I wonder what calculations do you think um, are driving India's actions right now in response to Chinese activities and, and forward de deployments uh, along the Ladakh border? So uh, I think uh, India has followed a very cautious approach and the primary constraint that India is dealing with it right now is its economic vulnerability. Uh, I don't think it's purely a matter of military balance in Eastern Ladakh. I think India is well placed on the military balance perspective, though, though that military objective is not easy to achieve, to be honest, like India is already in compelling territory. But COVID-19 has had a devastating impact on the Indian economy and, and India still depends on a lot of consumer goods uh, from China and including some strategic products like pharma APIs. So I think that's on top of uh, Narendra Modi's mind right now. Hmm. And, you know, as, as a nuclear power, you know, do you think that nuclear, uh, or the, do you think that India can or will exploit nuclear signaling um, as the weaker power in the China-India relationship in sort of the same way that Pakistan does with <laughs> India? It's a very good question. So very quickly, because uh, I don't think India has much advantage here because it does not give forward control to its military like Pakistan does with uh, uh, against India. So mm. nuclear signaling is not very useful for India. And also like major Indian cities are far away from the salami tactics uh, which China does on the border. So I don't think India has an advantage here. Just in time. Good to be with you, Kunal. Thank you.